0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf um, uh, Forty Six. What's that in letters? Mem daled. No, Mem Vav. Mem Vav. That's what we're studying. Daf Mem um, Vav, Masecht Okay, so the Gemara begins with the last part of our Mishnah, which compares like dough that got stuck in a trough to Tuma, and the question is like, what exactly is this comparison? We're going to see. Uh, A four-way machlokas. Then we get to a new Mishnah about dough becoming comets. And then we get to another new Mishnah about separating challah from tamay dough on Pesach. Wow. That sounds like very nice stuff. Let's get started. So, we will start on da'af. Where are we starting? Memheya mudbez. Four lines from the bottom. Bechenin yantumah. And similarly, If he is particular about it, it's a chitzitza. And if he wants it to remain there, then it is like the trough. Um, what's this talking about? So, what this is talking about is, so we, we had a Mishnah yesterday. Now, in the Mishnah, it said that if you have a trough and it's got some dough in it and so if it's a kazayas you have to burn it if it's less than a kazayas you can leave it fine and now we're saying and similarly with regarding tumah and we're saying that if you're makbid on it like if you don't want this dough to be there if you're going to want to get rid of it so then it's going to make a chatzitsa we don't know what that means necessarily yet and if you want it to stay there and be part of the trough then it, um it's just like the trough. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know. There's stuff that isn't clear, and that's why there's a four-way machlokus about it. So here we go. So midami. So first of all, we're saying what? How is tuma similar to like chametz on Pesach? Hashem so milsoch b'kpeyatayim When it comes to chametz on Pesach, it's about whether you have a kazayis or whether you don't have a kazayis. When it comes to tuma in general, it's about if you're machped on it. So let's just say. You take like a Jack Daniels bottle or something and you want to use it as your water pitcher. So you take it to the mikveh, to dip it in the mikvah. Now the thing is you want the sticker to stay on the bottle because um, that's what makes you cool. Is that you're using a Jack Daniels bottle for your water. So therefore you want the sticker to stay on there. Therefore it's not going to be a right? right? So it'll be just like the bottle and it'll leave it there. And you'll leave it there. But let's say a price tag, which in most cases you're going to want to remove. So then... You're on it. You don't want it to be there, and you're going to want to remove it eventually. So make sure you remove it before you put it in the mikvah. Otherwise, it'll be a chatzitza. So, so we're saying that when it comes to tumah, so it's about whether you care about it or not. When it comes to chametz, it's about whether it's a kezayis or not. So, like, what's the deal? So, Am Reviuda emo uliinianat Interesting. So Reviuda says, all right, fine, no problem. Just rework the Mishnah, reword it. Say. And when it comes to Tuma, it's not this way. Because when it comes to chametz, it's about whether you have a or so not. When it comes to tumah, it's about whether you care about it or not. Okay. Omar Abayi. Abayi says, katani. But Rav Yehuda, it doesn't say that Tuma is different. It says that Tuma's is it's similar. It says and similarly by tumah. Now, the Gears of Agumar says, Umar le'abayi. That Abayi says to Rav Yehuda, but Abai doesn't usually communicate with Rav Yehuda And therefore there's a different gears that says Amr Abayi So he says separately Which is also still interesting That Abai is going to argue on Rav Yehuda We had a story in uh Shabbos I think on the Afla, uh, Kuflam and Vav That Rave argued with Rav Yehuda And then he got sick And he says Bade, I think he says Bade, Taguma Something like that That why am I getting involved in The makhluk of the elder Generations, um, anyways, and Abaye and Rav, of course, were contemporaries. So Amar Abaye, Havochen l'inian tum'katani. So Ella Amar Abaye, Achi Amar. So rather says Abaye, this is what is going on. B'chein l'inian seiruf tum'a bePesach. And similarly, when it comes to seiruf tum'a an Pesach, okay, Whereas the rest of the days of the year, there's a distinction whether you're Maqbid or not. Okay, so now we're going to see three opinions. We're going to see Abayi's opinion, Rava's opinion, or Rav Papa's opinion. All three of them are going to be making distinctions between Pesach and the rest of the days of the year. So here's Abayi's distinction. He says that, okay, we're talking about a situation. I'll just say it outside first and then we'll read it inside. We're talking about a situation where you have food. Okay. That food is Tame. Okay. That food is also less than uh, Kibetza. Okay. So now, if you have food... That's tame, and it's less than a kebetza, so it's tame, but it won't transfer tuma to other things. Right? It needs to be the size of an egg in order for us, to, in order for it to be able to transfer tumah to other things. So now, what happens if this um, food that's tame and is less than the size of an egg and it's pesach and it touches some dough? That's stuck onto the side of a trough. Okay. And now, ready for this? Some other food now touches this food that's tamé and less than a kabetza and touching the dough that's on the side of the trough. Got it? Good. Why, why is this relevant? Okay. Because it's a question of if the dough is going to join together with that food that's less than the size of an egg, in order to make it the size of an egg so that it can then transfer tumma to this other thing that is coming in contact with these things that are touching already oh my goodness gracious stickle mess right okay so that so let's go through this thing systematically so you have some food the food is less than the size of an egg you have some dough the dough is stuck to the side of a trough now if you were to combine this food that's less than the size of an egg with this dough, it will be larger than the size, it will be the requisite size of an egg to enable this food that's tamay to now transfer tuma to other foods, okay? Now, the question is, is this um, dough considered food or not? Can it join together with this food that's less than a kibetza to make it a kibetza? Now, if we say that this dough that's stuck on the side of the trough is considered food and can join together with this other food that's less than the size of a beta and will make it now together the size of a beta the size of an egg. And now as it is the size of an egg, it could transfer to other food, right? So then if while the food that's less than the size of an egg and this dough that's on the side of the trough are now stuck together and together they are larger than the size of an egg and now comes another piece of food and touches these Two other pieces of food that are now the size of a kabetza. Well, then, because this food that's less than the size of a kabetza but is now stuck to this food on the, the dough on the side of the trough, since that food is tame, it'll, since now they're together, the larger than the size of a betza, they will transfer food to this third piece of food that is now touching them as well. Wow! What do you guys think about that? Woo! So, here's the thing so th- what 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 this really comes down to is, can we say that the dough that's on the side of the trough can join together with the food that's less than a kibetsa? So we say, so on pesa, it's the same criteria as for determining whether or not you have to burn the dough, which is if it's a casius or not. So, if it's a casyas, so then it'll be significant, you have to burn it. But it's also significant, and that will be considered food. And if um, this food that's less than the size of an egg touches this dough, it can now join together. And if it's now the size of an egg, it could be matami, some other thing. Uh, if it's less than a kazayas, and it's not considered significant, and it's not going to join together with that food that's less than a kibetsa, and therefore it will not be matami. the third food item. Now, the rest of the year, it's not based on a Kibetza or not. That's a Pesach thing. The rest of the year, it's going to be based on if you're bit on it. If you say, oh, that piece of dough, I don't want it on the trough, I want to get rid of it. Well, then it's not considered part of the trough, it's considered food. And as food, it can join together with this food that's less than a kibetza to make a betza and it will be the third thing. Now, if it's less, uh, I'm sorry, if you're not makhbet on it and you say, you know what, I want it to stay there because it's sealing some kind of hole in the in the trough. Well, then it's just part of the trough, in which case it's not considered food and it will not join together with this other food that's less than a kibetza. And therefore, it will not be the third thing. Okay, thanks Abaye. So, so, so let's read it again. So, Amr Abaye says, Abaye, this is what our mission is saying. Le'inyan and similarly, regarding joining together with Tuma on Pesach, it's based on if the dough is a Kazayus or not the rest of the year it's not based on a kazayis or not, rather there's a distinction between whether you're Makbit or not. He what does this mean? Kigon, for example, So if you have um food that is less than the size of an egg and it is tume, now since it's less than the size of an egg, it can't transfer tumma to other food. However, vinagubai batsek I'm sorry, vinagubai batsek, and now it's touching the Dough that's on the side of the trough. So, the Pesach, the surah chashiv, mitzta'if. So, on Pesach, that, you know, the iser of chametz makes it important. And if it's a kazayas and we say it's a significant um, amount of chametz that you're going to have to burn. Well, then, mitzta'if, we're going to say that it joins together with the food that's less than a beitzah and if now together they are the size of a beitzah they could transfer It can now transfer food to some other tuma to some other food that touches it bishayim Mosashana, but the the rest of the days of the odevik where it's, where tuma is going to be dependent on whether you want to remove this dough if you plan to remove this dough from the trough or not. So in Makbid Olav, if you say, hey, I don't want that dough on the trough and you're going to remove it, well then mitstarif, well then it'll be, since you're going to remove it, it's going to be considered like food and not part of the trough. And therefore it could join together with this other food that's less than a betza. And together they create a betza. So then they can be mitame other food. In Rotz Bekumo, however, if you plan to keep the dough on the trough, well then Are you Kareva, it's going to be considered like the trough and it will not be considered like food and therefore it will not be mitzvahed with the other food that's less than a kibezah and therefore uh the third article, you know, the other food that now touches them will not become tame. Um, since the food is less than a kibeza, and since you want to leave the dough on the trough, it's not considered food and there's nothing to join together with the less than a kibeza and therefore it's not with the other food. Very, very, very beautiful. Ma'askeflor Rava. Rava Kasha on Abaye. Mikatani mitztarif? But the Mishnah doesn't say anything about mitztarif. but katani. Talks about making a chatzitza, a uh, separation. What's that talking about? Elo amar Rava v'chin lahal us'tar No, rather it means if the trough becomes tame, can you put it in the mikvah? Hey, Chidami, what's this talking about? Kegon di'itame, ha'areva. That the trough became Tame. Uvaila Atbule and now you need to put in the mikvah. Came me you dip in the mikveh. So the Pesach, so if we're talking about pesach, the suro chashiv, right, where uh you know if you have this kzayas of dough on the trough and mimela, it's, it's significant because um you're gonna have to burn it. Well then chot, la'tvila. It's gonna be a chatsa, a separation, and if you put this vat in the mikvah, with a kazayas of dough on it, and, you know, stuck to it on Pesach, well it's gonna be a separation and, and the and the dipping in the mikvah is not going to work since there is this dough connected to it that you're gonna to have to burn. So Bhashay Mosashana, but the rest of the days of the year it's B'Kpeh, the tay milsa, it's dependent on if you are if you care about that dough if you say Ugh, I want to get rid of that dough well then you're going to have to make sure to remove it before you put dip it in the mikveh if you say no I want to leave it there because it's you know patching some hole or something well then um, it, we can consider it to be part of the trough and you can just dip it in the mikveh with the dough on it and that will be fine so on Pesach it's dependent on if it's a kazayas or not uh the rest of the day it's dependent on if you care about it or not. Maskiflora Papa. Now Papa Sakash Rava, Mikatani Vikin Tyra, Hall Inyan Tuma Katani. It doesn't say Linyan tyra you know, to make it hor. it's dependent on, you know, if it's a Kazaius or if you're makpid. No, it says Linyan tuma. So what does that have to do so so what is this? So Ella Amara Papa rather says papa Beken L inyon the horid tumalaareva. No, it means in order for the trough for the trough itself to become Tommy, Hey, chidami, what does this mean? know the by botzik, Well, a sharitz, a dead sherez, which is an ava tumah, touches this dough that is um, on this trough. So, the chashuv v'lo So, on Pesach, it's based on a kezayis. So, if the dough that is stuck to the trough is the size of a olive so if it's on pesach where it's significant you're gonna to have to burn that dough well then it's also going to be significant to make a chatzitsa between the dead sherets and the trough itself so you have the dead sherets. the dead sherets is a hey, you could tell me you could tell me you could tell me avatuma and then it touches the this dough okay now the dough of course becomes a nauma now Arisha nauma is unable to be uh, mitame or the of course so therefore, this dough that's not a the Natum is unable to make the trough tummy. The question is if the d- is the dough significant or not. Is it considered part of the trough? Is it not? So we say on pesach, where it's what's important is whether it's a kazayas or not. So if it's a kazayas, it's considered significant in its own right. And therefore, while the dough will be an uh, a a the Natumah, the trough will remain tahor. However, if it's less than a kazaeus, well then um, it'll be bottle to the trough, and therefore It'll be as though the sheretz is touching the trough, and the trough will be rishon uh, the will be But bishari uh, the but the rest of the days of the year, it's based on if he cares about the dough or not. In olav if he says, "Wow, I'm going to want to remove this dough from the trough," well then it will be a chatzitza, It's not considered part of the trough, and therefore the sheretz is Mitame the dough, not the trough. But if he wants the, um, dough to stay there because it's plugging up some hole or something. So then, um, kareva, it's considered like the vat, like the trough. And if the dead sheritz touches the dough, then it will also be mtame, the vat, because hainu because the dough, I said vat, but the dough and the trough, I think they're probably the same thing, are, um, are one, are together since uh, he plans to leave it there. And if the sheritz touches the dough, it's also going to be mtame, the trough. Okay, we have a new Mishnah, Botzek HaCheresh. yesh mitzarei oser. says this new Mishnah, that if you have a Botzek acheresh, a deaf doe. What's a deaf doe? So Rashi explains what a deaf doe is, is that, well, just like a deaf person, just by, you know, seeing this person, you can't know that he's deaf. So also this dough, By looking at it, it's hard to tell if this dough is actually Chametz or not. So it's like, uh, you, you, you can't tell if this dough is Chametz or not. So, So if there's, if you made other doughs at the same time that you made this dough, and those doughs became Tameh, well then you can assume that this one is Tameh as well. Says the Gemara, kayotze But what if you don't have any other doughs that you made at the same time? So what do you do about this one? You're not sure if it's Tameh or not. If, if it's, uh, Chametz or not. So, Amr baba Amr bshim bin lakish, so it says in the name of Reish Lakish that, well, it depends how long it's been since you um, started making the dough. If it's been enough time to walk a mill, which is like from Migdal Nunya to Tveria, well, then it's going to be considered chametz. Now, I wonder if this is where the 18 minutes comes from. Is that the amount of time it takes to make walk a mill? I feel like you could walk a mill in much less than 18 minutes, but maybe this is where that cheer comes from. I don't know. If you name a mill, so the Gemara says, why don't you just say a mill? Why, why do you have to mention Migdal Nunya and Tveria? So, it's letting us know the Shiyur the mill came Migdal Nunya about Well, how long is a mill? How do we know what a mill is? So, uh, so, what it's telling us is that, you know how long, um, you know how large a mill is? It's the, um, it's the amount of time that it takes you to walk from, or it's the amount really of distance uh, from Migdal Nunya to Tveria. That is a mill and the amount of time that it takes you to walk from to Tveria, that is the amount of time that um, you have to get the dough into the oven and says that the that for a neater, for a davener and for an tilasidaimer um it's formulin what does this mean so a gabal is somebody who is hired to Either to, to need bread at least maybe also to make the bread but to need the bread and it's talking about where so the needer comes over to the some guy's house to need dough for him and he gets to the house and all the kalim in the house of the balabais are tame and I guess the balabais for whatever reason is you know, maybe is machped on only eating ochlim Bitara, whatever it is now this kneader how far does he have to walk in order to be to to, to find a mikveh to put this these kelim in so that um, so that they'll be tahor. So the answer is up to four mil. Okay <coughs> excuse me, but no but no more than four mil. Fine. Uh also for praying, right? So if you are traveling and it's like time to pray. Um, so how far do you have to walk to get to like a synagogue? Like if you ha- you know, if there's a synagogue, like up ahead, do you have to keep on traveling in order to get to that synagogue? Then And also if you have like some food to eat, like some bread, and you got to wash your hands before eating the bread. So then how far do you have to travel in order to get to some water in order to wash your hands to eat the bread? So the answer is four mil for all of these things. Amr of Nachman Yitzchok Evo Amr interesting. So Nachman Yitzchak says that actually it wasn't a Vayibah in the name of Rabshimin, ben Lakish. Rather, it was Evo. Who's Evo? I think we. I think maybe we could say that Evo is Rav's father. Rav's father's name. Rav's father's name was Evo. I think that this could be a Vayibah on my And He said four things, not three things. One of them is tanning. What does tanning have to do with four mil? The tanana is we learn in a Mishnah of Chulin Sheibdan that all of these things. That, um, right, it was, it was listing all, it's a Mishnah in Chulin, it's listing a whole bunch of things, and it says that all of them, um, it was listing a whole bunch of different, like, hides, uh, different skins that you can eat, and therefore they might be considered, right, but we're saying, but all of them, right, that if you tanned them, or you, like, stepped on them enough time. That it would be considered like to process them somehow sent to Horan. At that point they become Torah, Chutzmeh, or Adam. Except for human hide. What's he doing with that? V'chama k'day avoda. How much is enough time in order to like work it? Amar Evo, Amar Bianai, So evo says the name of Reb'yanei. K'day amilin, The amount of time it takes to walk four mil. Okay. Amar so b'chanina. Z'b'osef b'chanina. L'oshanu Lifanov. When we say four mil, that means in front of him. But behind him, a doesn't have to walk any more than a mil. Rav Acha Uminah, milu apachos me says, yes. We see from there that he doesn't walk more than a mil. But a mill, he should nonetheless walk behind him in order to get water um, for Natila yadaim. Um, for as Rashi says, alufanu anitiyas but Talking about the Natilas yadaim for food and also for um, finding a place to pray. Okay, now we have a new Mishnah um, about Chala of Truma Tmeya on the first day of Pesach. What do you guys think? So what So what exactly is the problem here? So, so what's the problem here? So the problem is this. So you have dough, okay? It's Pesach. First day of Pesach, you have dough. Now, you want to make it into matzahs, and the dough becomes tame. So, okay, so a few things. You could theoretically eat tame chulin, right? Meaning it's just regular dough, and it's tame. So, you know, maybe if you're machbid, not to eat tame things. So maybe you won't want to eat it. But uh, maker then there's really nothing wrong with eating tame bread. Okay. Now here's the two challenges. Number one is it's pesach, which means that you're not allowed to have chomets, which means that time is of the essence. Okay? So you have dough, the dough is rising. So, you, whatever you're gonna do, you're gonna have to act quickly before it becomes, uh, khametz. Now, I hope I didn't say tame in the last sentence or two. We're, ta- we're not talking about, uh, well, actually we are talking about tuma, but right now we're talking about the dough becoming chomets. Now, it becomes tame. And I do mean tame. Right. so now the, so now the, the, the dough now becomes tame. Okay? Fine. Okay, so you have dough that's rising, time is of the essence, it's Tameh. Now, if there's enough dough, you're going to have to separate Chala. Now, Chala is where it gets a little bit um, more significant in that Chala is a type of Truma, right? Meaning, when when I say Chala, I mean I don't mean Chala that we eat on Shabbos. I mean, you separate a certain amount of dough and you give that to the coin. That's what's called Chala. And that's a type of Truma. And if we're saying that the dough is Tameh, well, then that means that this Chala, i.e. this Truma, is Tameh. Now, a Kohen is not, nobody is allowed to eat Truma Tamehah. You have to burn Truma Tamehah. The things you can't burn Truma Tamehah on if It's if You could use a fire for Ochonefesh. You don't use a fire to burn Truma Tamehah. I think it came up recently. So so, so so, that's the challenge, okay? The challenge is that you're baking, you're making a dough on on, 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 on Pesach. And the dough is tame. You have to separate chala, but the chala is truma tmeya. Now, you can't burn it on yomtib, but also if you leave it, it's going to become chametz. So like, so, so, so what do you do? So that's, that's the challenge over here. So, ketet mafrishin chala betumab yomtib. So how do we effectively separate chala of a tame dough on pesach when on the one hand, the chala is going to become chametz, On the other hand, you can't burn it. So, Biliez Omer, so Rabbi Eliezer has a good solution, which is, well, just don't separate the challah yet. Just bake the thing in the oven right now and separate the challah later. So that once already, you know, you're separating challah and it becomes true it's also already baked. In which case, um, you know, you, know you, you so you won't burn it right away because it's yomtav, but also it won't become chametz. So and then after to uh, the, uh, you can burn it. Maybe the coin will burn it. Ben-Beser says, throw it into cold water. I guess cold water will like, I don't know, either stop or slow down the fermentation. So um, do that. So separate the, separate the challah and just put it into cold water so that it doesn't become chametz. And then after, yom to fill, burn it. I'm Rabbi Yoshua, lo zehu chametz shimushar nala v'bayira It says Rabbi Yoshua, hold your horses, everyone. There's actually no concern over here. When we say, Bayira v'ayimatzai, it doesn't apply to challah because this challah isn't yours. So rather, separate the challah. And yeah, of course, you cannot burn it because you can't burn the truma, the challah, on Yom Tif. Aye, What about if you just separate it and, and leave it? It's going to become chametz. Don't worry about it. This is not an issue By is of course So, all right, don't, don't see yours. Don't find yours. But uh, this challah isn't considered yours, and therefore, separate it, put it on the side, and, and if it becomes chametz, it doesn't matter. So it says the Gemara, Okay. So let's say that the mechlok between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Leezer. Rabbi Leezer says that you bake it right now, and then separate the challah afterwards. And Rabbi Yoshua says, no, you can separate it now, and don't worry about it becoming chametz. It's not a big deal, it's not yours. Let's say that the mechlokas is about Tova ha What's this Tovasanoa? So first of all, what is Tovasanoa? Tovasanoa is basically assigning a financial amount to intangible things. So in this case, what's the intangible thing? The intangible thing is that a Yisrael, a non-coin. So he separates Truma from his field or whatever it is, and he gives it to the coin. Now, while he needs to give it to the coin, he can choose which coin he wants to give it to. If he doesn't want to give it to Ruven the coin, he'd rather give it to Shim in the coin. So you can give it to Shim in the coin. Ruven can't force him to, you know, Reuven can't say, look, you have to separate Truma, give it to me. He could say, look, I don't want to give it to you. I want to give it to Shim in the coin. Okay. Now that choice, that ability to choose is a certain financial value to it. How do we determine that? Well, let's say some guy comes up, uh, right, right, right. Let's say, uh, so we have this guy who, right, who owns the field. So let's say his friend comes to him, the field owner, and he says, look, my grandson, he's a coin, right? My daughter married a coin. My grandson is a coin. Can we make a deal where I'll pay you a certain amount of money and then you'll just give all of your truma to my grandson? How much is that ability to choose that now you're, you know, I'm going to get the exclusive rights. How much is that exclusive right worth, right? So how much basically is forfeiting your ability to choose and now to always be giving the truma to the same person what is the financial value of that ability to choose? So, now, so it says Rabbi Eliezer, so the, what the Gemara wants to say is that according to Rabbi Eliezer, that truma that you separate, meaning Rabbi Yoshua says that, th- who cares, meaning separate the khala and then just put it on the side, it's not yours, it becomes khametz, it becomes khametz, who really cares. Now, what the Gemara wants to say is, well, Rabbi Eliezer is going to say that it actually is considered yours, because once I separate chala, which is a type of truma, so truma, even once I've separated it, I still have a certain connection to it. I can choose who I want to give it to. And, you know, somebody can come to me and say, hey, how much can I pay you so that you'll give it to so-and-so? So even once I've separated it, it's still, I have a certain amount of choice over it, and that's considered mammon. That's considered my property, therefore. And... and um, Therefore, even after I've separated, it's still mine. It's going to be an issue of chametz on Pesach, and therefore bake it first and then separate the challah afterwards. Right? So lema betovasana kamivki? The Rebbe Leizer Rebbe holds tovasana mamun that this ability to choose who I give it to is considered financial, meaning it, it's considered as if therefore this truma is now mine, my property. So therefore, I I can't allow it to become chametz. I have to bake it first. Rabbi Yushua, mamun. Where Rabbi Yeshua says, no, this ability to be able to, you know, this this benefit that I have to be able to choose which coin I give it to, um, that's not really considered mamun, that doesn't make it my property, and therefore just put it in the corner, and you'll burn it after Yom Tif, and if it becomes chametz, it becomes chametz, it's not yours, who cares? The says, no, everybody agrees that um, this this ability to choose who I give the chametz, the, 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 the the chala to, is not considered, doesn't make it considered my property, my money. And therefore, um, yeah, and therefore it's not mine. Okay, so then why does Rabbi say that you have to bake it first? That you want to make sure it doesn't become chametz? So my is about if we say the concept of ho'il, of since. Since what? Rabbi Rabbi holds ho'il, we say since, the ibay itchil Allah Mamonihu. Well, since, even though he's already separated it as Truma, as Chala, but theoretically he can go to a rabbi and say, hey, you know, I didn't really want to se- I don't really want that to be my Truma, I would like my Chala, I would like to unhala it and make it just like the rest of the dough, and I want to separate some other part as Chala. And therefore, since even once he's separated it, he can always, you know, go to like a rabbi and do. Uh, some kind of Hatara to retract as we learned also in Masakhtar Ervin, I believe by Eruve Truman, right? Uh, a non-Kohen could use Truma as a Eruv Trumen since he can always um, ask about it and retract it and separate some other thing as Truma and therefore um, Yeah, and therefore um, And therefore uh, according to Abeliezer even once he separated this dough as challah, it can still be considered his since he can always undo its and um and therefore it, it's still considered his and um, that's why you should bake it first before it becomes chametz. So you don't have any chametz around. Whereas Rabbi Yeshua says, no, we don't say ho'il, we don't say, well, since he could theoretically unchala it. No, once he separated challah, it's not his and therefore it doesn't matter if it becomes chametz, just separate the challah, put it on the side and after yomt if you'll burn it. Itmar, it was stated, it's so now we're going to say between Rabbah and Rav Chizda about do we say the concept of ho'il or not. Itmar, it was stated, interesting. Rabbah and Rav Chizda were both um, described as being exceedingly sharp. Right. We saw that Rabbah and Rav Yosef that Rav Brachis, uh, that Rabbah was Sinai, no, Rabba was Oker Harem and Rav Yosef was Sinai, that Rabbah had great Depth and harifness, and Rav Yosef had great breadth of knowledge. And we also saw in Misekhta Ervin that um, Rav Chizda was very sharp, and Rav Sheishas was uh, had great Bekias. Anyway, so we have mechlokas here between these sharp minds, Rav and Rav Chizda. Idmar, Yomtiv So if it's Yomtiv, let's say Yomtiv is a Tuesday, okay, and you have this guy, and he says, I have a good idea, why don't I spend the day baking? I'm allowed to bake on yomtiv. So why don't I spend the day baking? And I'll bake for the rest of the week. Now the rest of the week isn't going to be yomtiv. And as Rashi points out, he already ate his yomtiv suda. So it's not like he's baking bread for his suda. Right? He's baking bread. It's clearly going to be for the rest of the week. So idmar ha'ofem yomtiv l'chol. So somebody who's baking on yomtiv for, uh, u- for using during the week. So if chizlam so, Frizda says he gets whipped, Rabba Amar ain't a says he doesn't get whipped. If Amar Loka. if says he gets whipped, lo amin because we don't say since umikali orchim chazile. Well, theoretically, since guests can come over and then he can serve them this bread, so therefore, um, therefore it's acceptable. Meaning, so says Ruchizda that we don't say that, right? Meaning, theoretically, right, This guy's baking bread. He already ate his yamth of sudis, right? So presumably it's for the rest of the week. But, in theory, if his friends came over, he could say, you know what, look, I just baked bread. Let, Want, want, want to eat this fresh bread. So if Chizid says we, we're we not concerned that maybe his friends are going to come over. And therefore, since he's baking bread clearly for the rest of the week, we whip him. Um, Rabba says that we don't whip him because um, we could say, well, since the- people could theoretically come over, so it's not, you know, objectively clear that he's baking for the rest of the week and therefore he doesn't get whipped. Now says Rabbah to Chizda in support of the concept of sins. The didach, according to you, that you say that you cannot apply ho'il. Well then, let's say Yomtiv wasn't on Tuesday, let's say Yom was on Friday. So you're allowed to bake Chalas on Friday for Shabbos. But how is that possible? Isn't it because of ho'il? Isn't it because, well, so how come I'm allowed to bake bread on Yom Tiv when it's on Friday? I can bake bread for Shabbos. It must be because of ho'il. Well, yeah, even though, you know, I'm clearly baking it for Shabbos, but since, theoretically, if friends came over, I would eat the bread with them. So that's why I could bake it for Shabbos, Amrle. because he says, no, it has nothing to do with ho'il, it's because he made an eruv Tafshilim. Because before Yomtiv, you made an eruv. it was like two cooked foods, or, oh, it's probably Muslims, they sue this, and you, um, you know, make this eruv to allow you to cook on Friday for Shabbos. So, it says, But what? Just because you made an Erev Tavshilin, you're allowed to violate an Nisr de oraysa, which is, you know, on Yomtiv, you're allowed to bake for Ochonavish. You're allowed to bake for yourself for Yomtiv. You're not allowed to bake for another day on an Yomtiv. And therefore, that's going to be in a violation of the, of the Pazak. It says, don't do malacha on So just because you made an Eruf Tafshilin means that now you're allowed to do a, a malacha on Yomtiv. Um, so if says, Mid Oraisa, is nice and be yom No, really, Mid the Oraisa. On Yom Tov, I could prepare for Shabbos, and as Rashi points out, that because both Shabbos and Yom Tiv are called Shabbos, the Rabbi said, "Don't prepare from Yom Tov to Shabbos." Because they were concerned that, well, if you could bake from Yom Tov to Shabbos, maybe then you'll bake from Yom Tiv to the week also. So, out of concern that if you could bake from Yom Tiv to Shabbos, you could bake, from, you might bake from Yom Tiv during the week. So they said, "Look, we don't want you baking." from Yom Tiv, even if it's for Shabbos. But, the Rabbi said, look, you can make an Eruvei Tavshilin, and once you make an Eruvei Tavshilin, now it's okay, there's a heker, that the reason why you're allowed to bake right now, is because, it's Tavka Shabbos tomorrow, and look, here's this specific Eruvei Tavshilin, that I made, to show, that, you know, I'm specifically, this is what is enabling me, to bake from Yom Tiv to Shabbos, and, um, and, and that makes it okay, and we can now, uh, bake from Yom Tov to Shabbos, but really, me'ikra adin, you're allowed to bake from Yom Tov to Shabbos, it's only the rabbis who said, not to out of concern, that you might bake from Yom Tif, for the rest of the week, and that is why, Chizdez, so Rav Chizda says, look, it's not an issue of ho'il, that since people might come over, later on in the afternoon, and uh, I'll serve them the bread, it has nothing to do with that, it has to do with the fact that, really, me'ikra adin, you're allowed to bake from Yom Tif to Shabbos, and, the um, Erube Tavshilin is, is, is what allows that to be done, even midirabonum? Esve, Abai asks another kasha. No, not a. Was I saying Abai? It was Rabba. I don't know. and in Rufchizda, right? So Rufchizda says we don't say ho'il. And Raba says we do say ho'il. Esve, so Raba asks another kasha in Rufchizda. Be'emah mesukenes. So if you have an animal that is in bad shape, it's going to die. Now you want a chaperayim. And slaughter it before it dies, so you can eat it. Because once it dies, it'll be nivela. So if you have an animal that is uh, in danger and it's going to die, so you can slaughter this animal on yomtiv if there's enough time to be able to eat a kazayis of its roasted meat on yomtiv. As long as you can eat a kazayis of its roasted meat on yomtiv, so then you can slaughter it. So we're saying, look, as long as you're able to eat this kezias of roasted meat from the animal, you don't actually have to eat it. So now says so I understand according to me that I say that we apply the concept of sins. That's, that's sins. If he wants to eat, there'll be enough time for him to eat a kazais of this roasted animal on Yomtif. So therefore he's allowed to um slaughter it, even though he doesn't actually have to eat it. But since, if he wants to, he could. <speaking in Hebrew> but Rav according to you, that we do not say since, well then, why is he allowed to slaughter this animal? He already ate his Yomtif Sudis. Why is he allowed to slaughter this animal just so that uh, he doesn't lose lose it? So Amrle. So if Chizda says, "Well, Well, because if he doesn't slaughter, he's going to lose the money, right? The animal's going to die, and, and it'll lose the and it'll be in the veil, There's nothing you can do with it. So in order to avert the financial loss, he's allowed to slaughter it on Yom Now it asks Rabum. Mushrimef Mamono. and because he's going to lose money. That means that he's allowed to violate. A Torah prohibition of, of doing melach on I'm Amalayin. So, Rufkizzi gives an interesting, an interesting answer. He says, Interesting. Well, because the guy knows that he's not allowed to just slaughter animals for no purpose on yomtif. Now, he knows, but he also knows that if he doesn't slaughter this, you know, time is of the essence. If he doesn't slaughter this animal, well, then it can die and he's gonna, he's gonna lose it. So he says. So he says to himself the following: He says, "Look, I'm going to slaughter this animal, and my intention is that I'm going to eat some of it on yomtiv." You know, like meaning he knows that. Look, I'm not allowed to just slaughter animals on yomtiv. Now he also knows that. But if he doesn't slaughter it, then he's gonna that right. Then he's gonna lose the animal. So he has a good idea. Why don't I slaughter it and eat it, and then you know, as long as I can eat some of it on yomtiv, so so then I'm allowed, Then I'm allowed to slaughter it. So therefore. What he says is, well, look. In order to avert this financial loss, let me just slaughter it and eat it. So his intention is that he's going to eat it, and therefore, since it's his intention to eat the animal, that right, that's why it's allowed. Meaning, we can assume that in order to avert the financial loss, his intention will certainly be that he's planning to eat this animal because he knows that he's only allowed to slaughter it in order to eat it. Right? And he says, right, right. So in his heart, he's saying to himself, because I said he's planning to, eat because I. And if you want to eat a kezayis bust, you're gonna to have to slaughter it. So therefore, um, that is why so it's not a matter of whole eel that well since theoretically if you wanted to eat the kazayas of meat he can. No, it's not that. It's that Himamish is planning to eat the kezayis of meat and, and 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 he's slaughtering the animal so that he can eat this kezayis of meat and thereby and, and thereby avert the financial loss. That was the Af of Masechta Psachim. So what do we discuss today? So at the beginning, we discussed the relationship between chametz and Tuma, right? Because we had been discussing if you have a kazayas of chametz in a trough, so on Pesach, that's significant, right? So we say that, well, also regarding Tuma on Pesach, it's significant. Well, so Buddha said, actually, Um they're different, right? That uh, even on Pesach, Tuma is based on if you're Machpid on the amount or or not. If it's something that you're going to want to get rid of, well, not even amount. It's not a matter of amount. It's a matter of if you're just if it's something you're going to want to get rid of. So then it's going to be a problem with tumah even on pesach. Now, Abayi says it's actually about seiruf ochel. If you have some food that is less than a kibbeiza and therefore on its own will not impart tumah, but then it comes in contact with some dough that is stuck to the side of a trough. So we say, look, if it's pesach where it's based, if a, you know if it's a kizayis, it's significant. You have to burn it. If it's less than kizayis, you don't have to burn it. Well, then. That it also be, will be considered significant to join together with this less than a beitzah and bimitami to mas ochlin. Um, but the rest of the year, it's not based on if it's a, kebe- a kezayis or not. It's based on if, um, you care to remove it or not. Whether, and write that. And then, if you care to remove it, so then it will be considered food and not part of the trough. If you say, if you want to leave it, that will be considered part of the trough and will not be inside with the food. Says Rafa, what do you mean? It doesn't say anything about seiruf ochel. It's talking about, um, Therefore, Rabba, Rava says that it's about um, if the trough becomes tame, and now you have to put it in the mikvah to make it taur. so then during the, so on Chometz, on, on Pesach, when a kezayis is significant regarding Chometz, so then um, if the dough, if the Chometz is a kezayis, so then it'll make a chatzitza, and you will not be able to put it in the mikvah. It's less than a kazais, then you can put it in the mikvah. Uh, the rest of the year, it's not about kazais, it's about whether you care about it. If you're gonna to wanna to remove it, well then it's a khatzitza in the mikvah. If you wanna leave it, then it's not a khatzitza in the mikvah. says, or papa, then no, it's not about ta'ar, it's about tumah. meaning if a sheritz touches the dough, so on pesach, where it's about a kazais, so if, if, if it's a kazais, it makes a khatzitza, if it's less than a khatzitza, it doesn't make a khatzitza during the rest of the year, it's about if you care about it or not. If you care to remove it, so then it makes a khatzitza, if you don't, uh, well, meaning, then right then chazitza legabe if the sheritz touches the dough it'll only be time of the dough and not the trough whereas the rest of the year, it's, so if you uh, plan to keep the dough on the connected to the trough so then when the sheritz touches the dough it'll be time of the trough as well we talked about um, dough becoming chametz we said a mill you have like the amount of time it takes to walk a mill after that it becomes chametz didn't say anything about eighteen minutes but I wonder if the assumption is that eighteen minutes is the amount of time it takes to walk a mill. Then we discussed separating chala from tomato on yomtiv. We had a three-way machlokes, right? Because we're kind of stuck there. Because once you separate the chala, it's uh, essentially truma which you have to burn. But you can't burn it on yomtiv, but also if you leave it, it becomes chametz. So Abel says, look, just bake it and separate the chala afterwards. So once you bake it, it won't um, become chametz anymore. And then you separate the chala. And then afterwards, after yomtiv, you'll burn it. Uh, ben Becerra says, throw it into cold water and then that'll just kind of cool it down and either slow or stop the fermentation. Rabbi Yeshua says, no, just separate it, throw it in the corner, and if it becomes, chal, if it becomes dough, it becomes dough, if it becomes chametz, it becomes chametz, because um, it's not yours anyways. Um, and then we got into this machlok, is about ho'il, right? So we had said that, Rabbi Leezer says that, um, we say um, ho'il, Rabbi Yeshua says, we don't say ho'il, and then we saw machlok, in Raba, and uh, Rav Chizda, Raba says you say ho'il, Rav Chizda says you don't say ho'il, and um, it got, the one, one interesting outcome of that, was that um, you're allowed May iker adin, to do melacha on Yom Tif for Shabbos, because they're both called Shabbos. Um, but midorah we don't do melacha from Yom Tif to Shabbos, because we're concerned if you do melacha from Yom Tif to Shabbos, you might do a melacha from Yom Tif during the week. But if you make an eruv tafshilin that allows you to cook from Yom Tif to Shabbos, because um, that kind of waves the isur around it. Interesting. Anyways, that was Daphne and Bob. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace out.